Hello and welcome to Minority Corner, the podcast that amplifies minority voices in activism. I'm your host, Tamia Lawrence, and keep it here today because today's episode is going to be quite unconventional. As we all know, November 3rd is going to be an interesting day to say the least, but if you're anything like me, you might be wondering what in the world are you going to do this election? You know, do you vote at all? If so, who do you vote for? But most importantly, is it going to be worth it and will it matter? So keep it here and find out the answers to those questions. Hello and welcome back to the show. And just before break, I gave you a a few questions to think about. Um, Hopefully you did, but if you didn't, you know, that's fine too. So here we are in 2020 and our presidential candidates are Biden and Trump. You you know, and I know (laughs) that no one's really excited over those options. So it seems as yet again, minorities are SOL'd out of an election. And we're also being told that we have to vote for some sort of lesser to evils or else everything's going to be our fault, right? And I don't know about you, but I'm not particularly interested in voting for either of these candidates, especially when neither one of them are going to do anything to help us. So today's episode is actually going to be on why minorities shouldn't vote. And I know, I know by the sound of that, some people are out there clenching onto their invisible pearls and asking themselves, you know, how can we not vote? How are you telling us not to vote? It's all right. And to those people, I would say, hold on, wait a minute, calm down. And, you know, let me explain. The main reason why I believe that minorities shouldn't vote, you know, and why we need to take our participation out of this political duopoly system is because the Democratic Party has been taking for granted our vote. You know, for decades, the Democratic Party has relied on minorities and minorities turnout in order to win their elections. And we have to ask ourselves, what have they truly done for us? You know, Biden kind of embodies this perfectly, how in the 90s he's crafted his crime bill and now wants to say nowadays that he's supposed to help black people. You know, some nerve that he has, the, the catastrophic effects of his crime bill and how mass incarceration was pretty much exploded in the 90s due to him and a lot in Bill Clinton, who's also had a D next to his name, right? So these Democrats will get in power, create these terrible crime bills and, you know, really oppress black people and then will turn around decades later and, you know, have the audacity to come to our face and pretend as if they're supposed to be our savior. You know, it's a fact that one in every three black men at some point in his life will go to jail. And much of what Biden and Clinton and the Democratic Party did is the reason why we have that fact to this day. You know, even with Kamala Harris, the terrible (laughs) job that she did as a district attorney of California and how many black men she threw in jail. And it's very funny because a lot of people have told me and people that I've gotten into debates with have told me, you know, we have to forget about, you know, what Biden or Kamala may have had done in their previous, you know, portions of their career because they're our best option now. And that's not true, you know, and how can we forget that? You know, I want to repeat this fact. One in every three black men will go to jail. How can we forget that fact and how can we forget that much of the Democratic Party and Republican Party are the two main reasons why we have that today? 
So when that, when it comes down to this election in this November, we have to ask ourselves, like, how can we be represented by a party that doesn't care about us? A party who just wants us to turn out, give them our vote just so they can put themselves in power. And what do we look like doing that? You know, as minorities and the power that we have in this country to rise up, to have people power, to do grassroots activism, you know, how can we just sit here and blindly participate into what is oppressing us? You know, and I always tell people when you vote for the president, you're not voting for a president. You're just voting for the next oppressor in chief. Right. You're just going to vote for the next person who's going to call the National Guard into your neighborhood, driving tanks down your street. (laughs) Because I know in this past June, when I was out protesting, I had to stand about 20 to 30 feet from a tank as I was protesting you know and who did that the Democrats and Republicans so why are we voting for them (laughs) we honestly just shouldn't because a vote for them is what's keeping us in the same situations that we have always been in and we also have to understand that voting doesn't equal liberation you know it's very much of a misconception to think that voting can lead to change, especially when you're voting between the political duopolies who only have interest in sort you know in serving the corporatists and the bourgeoisie class of our society and even if we do vote, you know voting between the lesser two evils, how do we become liberated from that? You know, I think as minorities, our main concern should be liberation and equality. And how does voting for the lesser two evils get us anywhere closer to being liberated? You know, and is that even truly liberation? And truly, it's not. And voting is is about keeping the political powers that already be in the hands of corrupted officials. And as minorities, we should stand up and we should say something different and we should use our lack of voting to render and wield our power. And before I move on to this final segment, I want to make sure that, you know, no one thinks that this is a podcast that is just about, you know, complaining and whatever else you know this is a podcast of solutions this is a podcast for minorities to lead ourselves to liberation so I actually want to give you three options that you can do this election instead of voting between Trump and Biden the first thing I really want to encourage people to do is voting for a third party you know me myself I'm registered as a Green Party member very proud to say that and I want to actually debunk something that is very much attached to or stigmatizes voting for third parties. And it's this idea of spoiling the vote or the spoiler effect, right? It's this idea that we're told, you know, if you vote for a Green Party member, then you're taking a vote away from Biden. And that's essentially giving a vote to Trump. And I want to talk about the many loopholes that is in this idea you know for one it's just also frankly saying if you don't vote for the person who won then you're wasting your vote and that's not true the whole point is of an election is that anybody can win you just need the votes to win you know so when we're talking about taking a vote away from biden we have to understand that first of all biden is not entitled to our votes he is a candidate he is supposed to you know, push for a platform that is a that is with the will of the people that is going to make people vote for him. You know, he is not entitled to a single vote and especially not mine. And voting for a Green Party member isn't spoiling or, you know, or this idea because third parties don't win. That's actually not true. 
you know, when we say that third parties don't win, that's not true. Because even in the city of Philadelphia, we have a, a councilwoman at large, Kendra Brooks, who's a part of a third party. So we actually see that third parties are on the rise and that third parties can do can actually can win. But we actually need just need the courage to go vote for them. And my second option to you is, is actually just going to vote on the ballot questions. You know, the ballot questions are actually very interesting because they're kind of the only thing that you're guaranteed to walk out of after voting, right? As long as the majority of other uh, voters along with you voted the way you wanted on those questions. And I know for Philly, we're having questions on like uh, civil-led policing, um, ones on creating an office of victims advocate, Oh, and ending stop and frisk in Philly was one of the uh, was the third question, I believed is also. So, you know, these questions are actually the progressive policies that we want to get past, you know, and that we want to push for. Right. So if you don't want to vote between a candidate, just go vote for the ballot questions because they're honestly the only thing you're truly going to get. And then thirdly, and most importantly, is organizing in your community. You have to understand that, you know, our power does not come from politicians. Our power comes from ourselves. And as long as we have strong communities and we are willing to advocate and organize and push for what we want in this world, we can absolutely do it. And that is what's going to lead to change and lead to the revolution. You know, we can't ask for liberation. We have to demand it, just like we did in June with a lot of the Black Lives Matter movement. And much of the world right now, like literally right now, half the world's on fire. You know, all communities across this world are organizing and demanding their rights. So we can still do that right now, regardless of whoever wins this election. And as minorities, we need to understand all of our options this election, even when it seems like we may not have much to choose from. And remember, as Alice Walker said, the main way we lose power is by believing that we don't have any. So make sure you keep your power. And thank you for listening to another episode of Minority Corner. I have even more daring content to share with you. So make sure you stay tuned in for the next one. See ya.